What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. And this is Nate Drolet. And together we form Parker Brothers. Are those board games? They are. Ooh, okay. Board games. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Ah, yes. Man, that <laughs> I should have made that connection a little faster. <laughs> I was like, board games, Monopoly. All right, let's I go win. on this track. I got one. Yeah. I got a duo. <laughs> Put a check mark in my W column. Yeah. This the I think this is the first board meeting in shit I don't know how long that we have recorded in person not at one of our homes. Oh yeah, yeah I don't I don't know what the last one would have been. Travel is sort of a thing again. Yeah, at least for the time being, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's rad. This like kind of worked out. We didn't really plan to meet up here together. We just happened to both kind of be here. Yeah, we're both in Vegas, climbing at Red Rock, um, sort of independent of each other, but our times overlapped. So we're climbing and recording while we can. Um, and it it's just, it's nice to travel. And I mean, every everyone is still cautious, you know, we're still wearing masks, but mm-hmm. but it is nice to travel and not feel like oh i have to get this in right now while i can before things shut down again yeah yeah and i'm here with a bunch of canadian friends the border just opened um so it's it's pretty fun Mm -hmm. um where are you headed after here home back home Yeah. yeah so this is kind of the start of the season for me um i've survived the houston summer and it's yeah i'm excited this this trip was kind of to get out have fun i'm all back from my finger injury so this was a chance to try hard again for the first time in quite a few months nice and just to remember how to move on rock yeah which is uh gonna keep taking a little while (laughs) but it's been good it's been fun i was in joe's for like a week before this and then vegas for i think about a week in total yeah i think it's i think it's good for people to hear that You've got you've got a lot of experience on rock, but you've been in a gym for a long time at this point, you know, largely just climbing on plastic mm-hmm. um, and getting used to real rock again, um, particularly, you know, switching styles, switching rock types on short trips or whatever is is super challenging. So for someone who doesn't maybe have a ton of outdoor experience, it can take even longer. So I think it's good to hear that you're like, Oh yeah, I'm trying to get my feet back under me. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, my suffering can be, you know, good, <laughs> good to hear for people. That's why we're here. Yeah. All right. Today, uh, we are here to talk about a question I got, um, from a good friend of the podcast, Arash. Arash, is that correct? I think so. I'm trying to say that the best I can. Yasmin, my friend, good friend Yasmin, would be proud that I'm trying to say an Iranian name 
as best I can. <laughs> um, his question is actually a really great one that I'm surprised we hadn't talked about. And he was too. He's like, don't you have an episode on this? Um, <clears throat> but he wanted to know how to structure a board session, particularly when you're going climbing at your gym. You're, um, one of his complaints was feeling like the grading at the gym was inconsistent and it was really hard to quantify progress. But then that also led me to thinking about if you're climbing at your gym and it's just too busy and you don't want to deal with the crowds and you're switching over to the board area mm -hmm. um, and you're trying to complete your session, whether it's a training session in one of our training plans or you know just your normal session that you do every week mm -hmm. and you're trying to restructure that to sort of fit into the board parameters, what's the best way to do that? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a good question. Um, you know, it's also just nice for people who want to change things up. You know, I just yeah. spent a, a long nine-month summer in Houston. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's nice to be like, oh, I'm going to – I'll go climb on boards for like, you know, two, three months where that's like more of where my focus is. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of good reasons escaping the youth team it's a great, <laughs> yeah, great totally. reason to leave the regular gym and go over to where the boards are. Uh, and we, when we say boards, we're meaning uh, spray walls or systems boards or um, like commercial boards. So yeah. that's tension board, moon board, kilter board. Grasshopper. Oh, grasshopper's a thing now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's quite a few that do a lot of different things. They all kind of fill different spaces and... As a result, each one sort of lends itself to a, a slightly different um, focus, mm -hmm. so to speak. And there are some drills, some aspects of training that that really work well on a board and others that maybe don't work as well on a board. Mm -hmm. um, some that may work just fine on a board, but will also work just fine in the commercial gym. So if your time on the board is limited, then maybe focus on some specific things and do those other things in the regular gym. And we're going to try to get to all of those. Um, question for you. Mm -hmm. You have way more experience in this in recent times than I do um, because I have my home gym and a bunch of outdoor rocks. So those yeah. are kind of my two paradigms I'm looking at. Um, when you're switching from regular commercial gym, you're avoiding the youth team, you move yes. into the board zone. Is there a mindset shift that has to happen for you? Or do you kind of look at the two sort of the same? Um, I, I think there's, there is a mindset shift for me. I think it happens kind of naturally. Mm -hmm. um, and this is something I've talked with other people about. Like when I climb on a tension board or a moon board, and those are the ones I've, I haven't climbed on a grasshopper or a kilter. Um, though I'm kind of familiar just from coaching. But when I switched to those, for some reason, I switched to more of an outside mindset in that I just kind of accept like, okay, this is the challenge. Um, I don't know why that is. It's really funny because, you know, these problems were set by someone just the same way as a commercial gym problem was set by someone. But it's really easy with commercial gyms to fall into this mindset of like, uh, I don't know, I don't love this, even though I preach like, don't do this. Like, I still naturally fall into that mindset of like, oh, I'll go to something else. There's a bunch of things here. But, yeah. you know, if it's 
like if Will Anglin set it on the tension board or like if I've seen, you know, if it's one of those things or if it's a moon board benchmark, like, man, I don't care what the grade is. Like it, it doesn't matter how weird it is or strange it is. Like, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to figure it out. And I, uh, I have a much more serious approach with it. When uh, something to ask, you know, based on what you just said, do you feel like the grades are more consistent on boards than in commercial gym spaces? I mean, it depends gym to gym. Um, I, I mean, they're, I think they're consistent. So on our, uh, what was it? Our discussion group, yeah, our community uh, forum, someone did a good job of, or was it, was it you who said like thinking of them as different universes? Oh no, that was someone else. Okay. Yeah. yeah it was, uh, one of the community members was like, I think of boards as different universes. And I completely agreed with that. Like, I think to me, moonboarding is dramatically harder than climbing outside. Like I climb two to three grades worse on a moonboard than I do outdoors. I kind of find the same thing with tension. I find the tension board even harder. Um, a lot of times it depends on the setter with that. Um, gym climbing can be hard, but it really depends like very much on the gym, but it, you know, you go outside and it's the same thing. Like to me, like the Southeast might feel different than Colorado, which might feel different than California climbing all, you know, everything's different. There's yeah. no consistency. Everything's its own universe. Yeah. Um, I sort of feel the same way. Like there, there was some talk in the forum, um, and what we're talking, we have a new community forum, uh, community.powercompanyclimbing.com. Um, and there was some talk about people felt like the, the moon board had its grading system, the tension board had its grading system and so on. Um, I have a hard time finding consistency on the boards as you know, the same as I do in a gym and it, and maybe I'm sure it's partly my own mindset. Like the way I react to these things is immediately by saying, okay, I'm missing something mm -hmm. instead of these grades are wildly off. Um, but I feel like I can play to my strengths on a, on a board the same as I can in a regular gym set. And then the grades are going to feel one way. And if I play to my weaknesses, they're going to feel a whole nother way. Totally. So, um, you know, I think if you find that the grades are more consistent on a board, great. I think that's a good way to measure progress. It doesn't mean you have to shift your entire, um, training there though. It could yeah. just be a check-in spot for you. If that's the reason you want to use it because it's more consistent grading, then maybe try to release the attachment to the grades when you're climbing in the commercial gym and, and doing your training. And then when you want to do a check-in period, go back to that, those benchmarks, go back to those Will Anglin problems on the tension board and, you know, try to see how you measure up versus how you were the last time you were there. And that can be a really great way to quantify your progress because you're not learning the test by climbing on there all the time and getting super familiar with the board. Mm -hmm. um, but the grade has stayed the same and hasn't changed like all of the gym problems do. So. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's one of my favorite uses of boards. Like, yeah. I mean, I'll go without climbing on them for a while and it's, you know, honestly, it's a lot like climbing outdoors in that let's say if I hop back on the moon board, I'm like, okay, I want to check and see where I'm at on these benchmark problems. I have to keep in mind, it's like, okay, 
this is my first day back on the moon board in, let's say, a month and a half. I'm like, I have to compare that to first day back on the moon board feeling. Right. Not t- last day on the moon board when I had been climbing on it for three months. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, so it's important to keep those things in mind. And maybe it's like, give yourself a couple sessions to get back into the swing of things. Like attention board, you have to keep a lot of tension. Like the footholds are really slippery. You have to squeeze holds differently. It's kind of its own thing with the moon board. It especially like, well, I've only climbed on the 2016 set, but it really benefits people who can just jump in latch holds. Mm-hmm. So if you have good contact strength, all the holds are pretty uncut and there's not a really terribly small hold. So if you can launch and latch, then you can really go a long ways on that board just with that style. Like yeah. you can kind of throw a lot of other styles behind and um, just really comp- overcompensate with that. And that's a very, like that can be useful for some types of climbing outdoors or indoors or such. Um, but it's very specific and that can take, you know, a couple sessions to kind of remind your body how to mm-hmm. do. Yeah, totally. Let's, uh, let's start with the very beginning. So warming up, something I hear a lot is that it's really hard to warm up on some of the boards and, and I agree it's, it's a different thing for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't go just climb a bunch of V0, V1, V2 to warm up. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. What are your favorite warm-up tactics for doing a board session? Uh, I mean, first off, like if if I have access to a commercial gym, I'm going to warm up on that. Totally. Though it, it, it can still be challenging to transition because a lot of times gym holds tend to be a lot bigger mm-hmm. and even if they are like somewhat smaller, they're still like rounded and comfy and a lot of your hand touches the hold because they're big and pretty, like, which is awesome. But then no matter what board you go to, you're then like just kind of grabbing with your fingertips. So I always end up half, like what I typically do is I warm up in the gym for, you know, let's say 15, 20 minutes. Then I'll do a couple actual board warm ups. So for me, that might be like, I mean, honestly, the easiest that I can, and it depends if your board's adjustable or not. Yeah. Like all the boards <clears throat> that uh, are in Houston are fixed at 40. Like if you can crank it up to, you know, 10, 15, 20, awesome. You're good to go right there. Like yeah. you don't even need to worry about it. Mm-hmm. But if you have a fixed board, which a lot of moon boards are or tension boards are, um, yeah, warm up in the commercial gym. If you have to warm up on the board itself, I like doing off the wall warm ups. You, know, you can do pull ups, lock offs, maybe a couple light hangs. And I don't know why no one ever does this, but you can stand start boulders. You can also just do one move at a time. Totally. Like, and that's, it's the same way I warm up on boulders outdoors. Like if I don't Mm -hmm. have anything else around, then yeah, maybe I'll do a few pull-ups on a big hold. I might just pull on hold a position, but I'll just do single moves or a high stand start, or I'll do the top out a couple times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what I have written down as well. That's good beta. Um, pulling into just positions, you know, mm-hmm. holding a position, grabbing grabbing holds and just walking your feet around oh, on different a, holds. That's a really good one if you want to get like your um, midsection warm for like foot tension, like step on the wrong part of holds, try yep. and step on the bolt holes. Step further away, step higher and higher, yeah, know, get yourself into different positions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then you can do single moves. You can eventually start linking a couple moves together. 
there's there's no rule anywhere that says once you pull on, you have to be trying a whole boulder. And you have to pull on from the ground. Right. So especially indoors, it just doesn't matter at all. You can, you know, there are no real rules. You climb however you want on that thing. And I'm sure there are some moonboard fanatics out there right now foaming at the mouth, freaking out that I said there are no rules. Um, But there aren't, especially when you're warming up. Do whatever. Break the rules, you know, toe hook the edge of the board if that makes it easier. Use open feet. Totally. Like that's another good one. Use any footholds. And that can be a good way to kind of work into smaller holds. Um, Yep. Yeah, actually, that's, uh, I had some clients who they were like, I really want to break into the benchmarks. And this on the 2016 set. And so I just went into my account, which I think is Crux Padwell on Moonboard. So I just reset, I don't know, like 15 of the intro difficulty benchmarks. Mm -hmm. But I just added a couple big footholds to it. Totally. So you can still grab all the same holds. But it's what's funny is most of them I only added one foot. And so it was like, oh, this is a really great, like, kind of bridge into Mm -hmm. that same boulder problem. Yeah, that's a tactic I think is drastically underutilized by people on boards and spray walls or slight variations to hard boulders. Yeah. It's, it's so powerful to use and I don't see anybody using it. It drives me bonkers. Yeah. Also, if it's your own board and you're having trouble warming up on it, add a few low profile jugs. Yeah. There's lots of them out there. Escape makes a couple of my favorites mm-hmm. that we have several sets of each on our wall. I love those dual techs. Yeah. Uh, the, are they screw on or you just screw they're them They're screw on. Okay. Um, dual techs, screw on jugs. And then they also have these, these uh, I can't remember the names of either, but I'll get them and I'll link them in the show notes here um, that are just tiny little mini jugs. Mm-hmm. Um, those are great too. And I, I love having those around and they're not going to take up a ton of space. Sure. They might get in your way for a problem or two at some point. And if you really are dedicated to that boulder and want to do that boulder, take the hold off and do the boulder. It's your wall. You can do what you want. There are no rules. (laughs) (laughs) They're coming for us right now. Nate. Um, but I also sort of like the challenge of having to move around extra holds, you know, mm-hmm. why not? It's, it's realistic. <laughs> so if I had a moon board, I would have jugs on it. I would have slopers on it. I'd have, I'd have a boss. Get out of here. No, that is, <laughs> I'm stopping you right there. <laughs> you lost me at trying to move around holds. An upside down boss as a start hold <laughs> on my moon board. All right. Um, anything else on warming up? I think that kind of covers it. Just actually do it. Um, that's yeah. a big one. Also, I, that's like, a, that's true. Let's can we talk about that for a second? Just do it. Don't. There's a pretty drastic difference if you have any sort of work capacity between how you can perform before you're warmed up and how you're performing once you're warm. Oh my god! It's I know there is some talk on the interwebs about do we even need to warm up yeah you do and if you go climbing with any climber who's been doing it for a long time they know when they're warm and when they're not and the performance is drastically different yeah so yeah it's you know 
maybe the 16 year old at your gym who can right, like right. roll out of a tent, eat a pop tart and go give like flash burns on his project can do it. Like, but yeah. you're probably not that person. No. And yeah. there are no 16 year olds eating pop tarts listening to this podcast. So I, I hope they are. Um, <laughs> oh, one other thing I'll say. So your ravioli episode with on the moon board or duh. Um, <laughs> duh. I, yeah. That was, the ravioli episode. Redundancy. Thank you. Um, <laughs> one thing I absolutely loved was he talked about when he was short on time, he just went through his warm up circuit. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't say, oh, I rushed through to try and skip ahead so I can try my project. Mm-hmm. It was, I go through my normal warm up, which involves I go through circuiting problems. And if I only have 50 minutes or 45 minutes, that's it. That is, I do my thorough warm up and I leave. Yeah. And, that dude has climbed a lot. He's stayed really healthy. Like he's moon more champ of the world. Yeah. You know, his accomplishments speak for themselves. And I can't say this enough. Don't rush warmups. Like if you don't have the time for a long workout, yeah, just go through your warm up. Like mm-hmm. go through your warm up. If you, and that's like, that's good. Like you'll get more days in, be consistent. Absolutely. But rushing a warm up, skipping ahead, like that's a great way to tweak something. And you can't make up enough with a few rushed sessions to overpower, you know, three months of recovering of pull, uh, pulley injury. Yeah, totally. I think that's really good beta. And he's, you know, you just saved us from all the moonboard fanatics who are coming after just us by mentioning the ravioli biceps episode. Yes. So. I feel safer sitting here right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from there, from the warmups, I think you're, depending on you as a climber and your strengths and weaknesses, your session can almost look like a normal session. Um, but I do think there are some things that boards do really well. Hmm. And, and some different boards do some things differently. Um, and I'd, I'd like to try and highlight those things a little bit, what they are and what you might be looking for. Um, let's talk projecting. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, if I'm doing like single session sins or um, super short term mini projects, I sort of prefer the commercial gym if I have that option. Because there's going to be high turnover. I can have endless mini projects. Yeah. You know. But when it comes to long-term projects, boards really shine here. Mm-hmm. And and I think this is where you should be investing your time on a long-term project. Even if your commercial gym is empty when you're there. You're there at 6 in the morning. You're never impacted by the youth team or, you know, whatever club is coming in. I would still go to the board for the long-term projects Hmm. just for the sake of I'm going to have it six months from now and I don't have to like try to spend all of my time on it right now and end up injured because I've grabbed the same hold 400 times in the last two days. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's one of the big ones. Oh yeah. I think that's a good one. Um, I would even extend that to like building circuits. Exactly. Um, that is to me, one of the most powerful aspects of a board is being able to have a circuit 
and kind of in two different definitions of it because it's a broad term. One being, okay, here are a lot of problems that I've done in the past that have been challenging for me to some degree, whether that's because of their style or just their pure difficulty. And I can go back and repeat them as part of a workout. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a great tool to use because if you already know the beta, you're already comfortable with it, it can be a good practice of giving great efforts, of executing, but also it's just a great way to get a workout in because you're not spending time beta finding. Yep. So it like, it's true. It's, you know, it's like lifting weights in one way. Um, but mm-hmm. another way you can look at circuits, like some people refer to circuiting as like the equivalent of four by fours or like 20 move circuits or things like that for endurance work or power endurance work. Once again, this is great for that because it's not going to get reset. You're not going to lose these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of come back to it in the future. Yeah. Circuits are so powerful. You can, you can alter the parameters of a circuit in all sorts of directions to be really specific to the thing you need or the thing you want to work on or whatever. It's, I mean, they're, they're one of my favorite tools to use, um, Mm -hmm. just by adjusting the parameters of intensity, the time that you're spending on the wall, the time that you're spending resting, um, and circuits are a really good, um, you know, check mark in the maybe you should do some mini projects on these boards. Yeah. You know, don't do all your mini projecting in a commercial gym. Having a series of mini projects on the board that you can then turn into a harder circuit is a, a really great idea. And, you know, that those mini projects can go from mini project to repeat project to circuit someday yeah you know yeah, um, fitness work and repeats are a thing both of us use pretty regularly mm-hmm. um i think it's one of the power of one of the powers of boards are doing repeats and i have i'll have my um like three strike repeats that i try to do each session where mm-hmm. i just pick something that was a a mini project for me at some point and I try to do it in three goes, you know, yeah. but then I'll also have season repeat projects where this is the hardest thing I did last season. It's on my repeat list for this season. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing only new stuff in the gym. I'm also going to try to repeat these things that I did in the past. I like that. Um, so, you know, I think having repeats that take you different time, time ranges, is also really, really important to have. Yeah. Yeah. Just cause you've done a climb before doesn't mean you can't still learn from it and keep getting stronger from it. Yeah. And keep your, you know, to harken back to an episode we did recently, they can help you keep your skills current. Yeah. You know, if you, if you spent last year working on crimps, I don't know who I'm talking about here, but if you spent a whole year just working on crimps and then you go out and you climb a bunch of sloper boulders because they're way more fun for you. <laughs> this one, this one repeat might be good enough to bring your skills back to current, you know, Yeah, because it just happens to be the kind of the final exam for your crimping that you had for yourself. And if I can repeat that, I'm, I'm feeling good about my crimping ability and it didn't take me a year to get there. It took me a few sessions. Yeah. You can just keep ignoring crimps for longer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then I came to Red Rock and I, all I can find are little in-cut crimps. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, circuiting, great use. 
Um, uh, the quick note on circuiting also. I know a lot of people, when they start to think circuits, they start to think endurance mm-hmm. and they think about being on the wall for longer. Um, and, and, and sometimes that is really useful, you know, being able to recover on the wall, rest on the wall. And most of the boards at their, you know, steep angles are not conducive to that style of circuit. Mm-hmm. However, it's pretty easy, whether at a commercial gym or on your own wall, to just have an off the wall rest stance or yeah. a couple of jugs. You don't you don't need much to make a rest stance. It could just be a couple of two by fours together and a big foothold. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a two by four rung for feet, and you just hang out there and shake out. And that's gonna that's gonna do way better um, to simulate that on the wall resting than just sitting on the ground. Will totally yeah. So. If that's what you're looking to train. Um, it's really common that boards will be back in training areas. So like foot on campus board resting, mm-hmm. like that's long been one of my favorites because you can also progress it. Like, okay, I'm going to get super pumped on doing this board circuit, immediately step over, hop on the two pad edge with my feet down low on the kicker. I'm going to shake out for like two minutes, try yep. and get it all back. Yep. And when that becomes comfortable, all right, I can step to the pad and half edge. I can then step, you know, smaller and smaller, mm-hmm. um, same with a hangboard and a plyo box sat under it. You can totally just put your feet on a plyo box, you know, simulate a little bit of an overhang and you can be on the jugs of a hangboard or the edges or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, yeah, you can have a stool below you. Just be careful. Uh, one of the guys I coach had a little plastic stool below him. Oh no. And, uh, I think he double dry fired. Off his board. Oh no. And he wakes up early before work too. And so it just like exploded this stool. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was like at four in the morning or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> oh man. Well better better than than when the whole gym is watching. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I think that's all I got on circuit. Sorry. Okay. No, it's great. There. Um Yeah. So warm up circuit. Okay, another thing. We're on the topic of what makes boards great. What do they excel at? I will say this, um, something they're so good at, and it is utilized by all the best board climbers I see, but underutilized by literally everyone else. And it's making up your own problems. Yep. I've got a, I've got a big circle and a bunch of exclamation points. I got two exclamation points in all caps. Yeah. Yeah. It, I can't say this enough. And especially, man, all these boards have thousands of problems. You know, we've been talking about the moon board. I think right now there's probably, what, like 5,000 V7s, if that's the grade you want to climb. Right. Um, And you can just find yourself doom scrolling through them forever if you want. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, make up your own problems. If you have friends with you or training partners with you, they don't have to be friends. Um, Totally. Maybe in some cases better when they're not. Yeah, exactly. Have them make up problems for you. Make up problems for them. Like do split problems. I mean, this is like, it's something we, so many of us did when we started climbing, like the game of add-on. Yeah. And there's a lot to be learned with trying to set your own problems. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because a lot of these boards don't have a ton of holds. So you're, you kind of have these constraints that force you into being more and more creative with very little versus if you have a wall, you know, if you have a blank wall and you can put any hold up that you want to set a problem, it's incredibly daunting. Yeah, totally. A lot of people suddenly realize when they need to set their own problems on a home wall or if they become a setter, they realize like that's kind of hard. 
Yeah. But if you have a wall already littered with holds, and especially if it's not too many, it's so much easier to try and come up with creative and fun things. Yeah. But yeah, do that. If you can do it with a partner, amazing. Like that's a really cool way to expand your movement repertoire. Yeah. And you mentioned this a little bit during the warm up section, but variations I think are so underutilized mm-hmm. and it could be a regressive variation or a progressive variation, you know, yeah. take a V7 you've already done and make it slightly harder, you know, sub out one of the holds, set a new boulder, uh, add another hold, set a new boulder. That's, there's so many ways to make new problems that I just, and I don't see people doing it all that often. And, and I don't quite understand. I mean, even on our spray wall, I'll set a, a line of those dual techs escape jugs. Mm-hmm. And then as progressive warmups, and I have uh, a couple of videos on YouTube about this as progressive warmups, I'll just do variations on that same warmup, make mm-hmm. it a little bit harder, make it a little bit harder, make it a little bit harder, you know, different yeah. intros, different outros, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a really powerful way to, progress your session and progress your abilities. Mm-hmm. And if you can, you know, parlay those variations into making up your whole, whole new boulders of your own, then great. It's, it's only going to benefit your climbing to learn the relationships between holds, how your body fits into those spaces. You start to visualize that sitting on the ground and then you try it, see if it works mm-hmm. Whether it does or doesn't, you then adjust and, you know, keep trying that over and over until you've created a problem. That's, that's so powerful for our climbing. Yeah. Yeah. You, like, setting is such a great tool um, for learning. Like, uh, Tyson Shaney, is that you yep. say his last name? Yep. Yeah. He was talking about how Sean Bailey used to just really struggle with route reading and competitions. So Tyson was like, hey, you should go route set part-time. Even if it's just one day a week, come in, route set, put some holds on the wall, and you'll start learning how to read things a lot better. Yeah, totally. And sure enough, like that was a huge, ended up being a really big turning point for him. And it, yeah, I I can't recommend it enough. I think it's one of those things that it's so easy now not to do. Like it's fast food bouldering when you go into the gym. Mm -hmm. Like There are brand new problems all the time. They're fun. Route setters are good. Holds are um, the best they've ever been. Um, Yeah, you go on a board. You can swipe through till you find something that looks great for you. You know, just challenging enough, but you're probably still going to like do well on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, make something up. Make it weird. Like Totally. I'm all about it. Yeah, if you can come up with a combination of holds to create a move that doesn't exist in that app then that's like that's like winning the moon board. <laughs> you actually get a little <laughs> notification. It's going to be you and ravioli biceps. Yes. So uh, anything else that you have on like just general sessioning before we get into drills that are really specific to boards? Um, yeah, I would say just as far as the timing of things, probably you're going to want to rest a little longer than you might normally. Mm. If it's something that's really finger intensive. Yep. Um, and I don't know what it is about boards, but I see people really rapid fire. That, that is interesting. I, I think you're right. It's harder to step back and rest, you know, when it's mm-hmm. just a tight little group of people yeah. than when there's this whole big giant gym and huge 
soft mats everywhere and you know for some reason a, a board lends itself to just trying over and over yeah and i mean and it's fun and there's not normally as much beta or trickery yeah like there's a few options maybe but really you're like oh, i just have to try hard i need to just grab it right and yeah, yeah you just it just makes you want to keep pulling back on so i set a timer like set a timer on my phone put it down on the ground and Anytime I fall, like even if it's one move, I look down like, okay, minimum 90 seconds. Like, and if I'm giving like hard goes from the ground, like I might rest four or five minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to give really good efforts on these. And just because I'm typically trying to climb on like more poor holds, like I want my fingers to get really good rest as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it can be really beneficial to have a crew that, you know, is, climbing on the board all together because mm-hmm. then you're sort of forced to wait your turn again you know if you're that person who doesn't like the timer and just can't stop yourself from rapid firing yeah um on the same idea of the timer for people who find that they just doom scroll through projects or like problems like once again i see this all the time people like pull up a boulder try it once next pull, try, pull up try no, boulder next and they keep doing this and you know you'll see it's like oh you've been climbing for an hour you've only tried one boulder more than once Mm -hmm. like man set a timer be like okay i'm going to pick this i'm going to try it for at least 15 minutes yeah um kind of instead of i'm just looking for the boulder i can do yeah yeah like the worse it looks the better it probably is for you yeah um yeah you know if it's seven go rule that helps you or this is maybe a little less daunting, just saying, okay, 15 minutes. I'm going to try it for that. We'll see what happens. Yep. Um, big fan of that. And for a lot of people, I would say your board sessions should probably be a little bit shorter than your gym sessions. Yep. Um, they're just, you know, they're compact. Like they pack a punch. They're really, it's a very potent p- tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you mentioned earlier, it's, you know, a lot of commercial gyms are big blobby holds, um, again, which are great, Mm -hmm. but they're a different thing and you can climb on those for quite a bit longer in most cases than you can these holds that are really taxing your connective tissue more so than like your big pull muscles. Totally. So good beta. Uh, let's take a break and then let's come back and look at some of the drills that are specific to some of the different boards. Word. What's up everybody. Chris here. I'll keep this short and sweet. I just wanted to let you guys know about our new updated proven plans that are now available on the website. These are the patterns that we've seen emerge after years and years of training hundreds of climbers. The patterns that at a specific level help those climbers reach the next level. And this includes our two newest proven plans, Just Climb More Boulders and Just Climb More Routes, written specifically for the new or novice climber. Why Just Climb More? Because frankly, we feel like the advice that most new climbers get, Just Climb More, is a lazy cop-out answer. While you will be climbing more, you won't just be climbing more. Instead, you'll be climbing more focused, more intentional, and you'll be learning a more efficient way to progress. 
We've updated those with weekly progressions, all of the most recent ideas and concepts that have been proven to work in training for climbing, as well as new videos for every exercise and every drill that you'll do. This is all laid out for you week to week, delivered in our mobile app. And you can choose to work with a coach. We've just hired a new coach to work specifically with everybody in these proven plans. And you can also join a group chat that's filled with other people also doing proven plans at the same time as you. Honestly, I don't think there's a better value in training for climbing. You can check these out at powercompanyclimbing.com. Click on the train with us tab. All right, back to the show. All right, we are back. Parker Brothers investigating the mysteries of the boards. Um, talking about drills that are specific to the individual boards. Um, I think maybe the first one I ever made that was board specific was the keep the feet moonboarding. Classic. And, and it's just a case of... You know, a lot of the moon, and this isn't a bad thing that you're jumping a lot on the moon board, mm-hmm. but if that's all you do, then it becomes a bad thing for your climbing and it would be better if you learn to use some tension there. So you just take some boulders that you've already done where you jumped and you try to do them without cutting feet. Um, and I, it can be really challenging for people, especially when yeah. they've dialed in that pattern of always hopping at the last second. Yep. Yeah, I was talking earlier about how there's this kind of leap and latch style on the moonboard. And that's what a lot of people end up doing. You know, they paddle as high as they can with their feet on the kicker, then jump, and then they just kind of jump the last move or two. And if this is, if you need to get better at jumping between and cut edges, that's good. Mm -hmm. But most climbing you're going to want to do is more complex than that. And so I think it's really important, you know, to bring ravioli back up. You can watch his videos. He keeps his feet on a shocking amount. Yeah. And on some like, he'll do it on some poor holds as well. Um, yeah. I had a, uh, if anyone has listened to the Steve Mache episode eons ago, I think he said this in the episode. Um, he might've just said it to me off the air. Um, but he was critiquing our moonboard episode hmm. and we were, you know, I kind of harped on the, the jumpy style and he's like, well, look at this boulder. Go find this boulder on Instagram. You've never seen anybody jump doing this boulder. It can't be done. So move south. That might have been one of them. It was, that was the boulder you mentioned, yeah. <laughs> and then I went and looked for it, and first two videos I found, jumping. Didn't keep their feet on for a single move. Yeah. Um, it's just the style of the board, you know? Yeah. That's how it goes. And it's one of those things that I think if you're, like it wouldn't surprise me because Mesh is such a, He's a great outdoor climber. Exactly. That he probably climbs a lot with his feet on on that board. And he used, like, the boards can kind of act as a mirror in a way. Yeah. I remember the first time I ever climbed on a moon board was maybe 2011 or 12. And I thought it was amazing. I love keeping my feet on. That's like, man, I think it's the supreme form of climbing. So I thought it was great. I was like, oh, it's great. It's like really like trains your tension, your core. And it was funny. I had a buddy, uh, Al Smith, and he came up to me. I hadn't told him my own thoughts on it, but he was like, oh man, I just got down with a moonboard session. I was like, rad, isn't it great? I, like, I think it's a, an amazing training tool. He was like, yeah, it's like a campus board, but with like different shaped holds. 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, I was like, we had a very different experience. Yeah. But I mean, that's exactly what it is. Like there'll be people who will say, oh, it's great for jumping. A lot of people will tell you it's great for hand foot matching. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of like you can play to your strengths an impressive amount on that. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Like, and I think practice, if you find yourself jumping a lot, the keep the feet moonboarding is a cool drill for a lot of people. It means a lot of hand foot matching, a lot of really keeping your feet low or just in funky spots. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I think it's great. Like I said, I also just love keeping my feet on. So it's like, I need to jump more, but still, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. What you got? Um, mirrored repeats. Mm, I like this one a lot. Tension board. I, oh my goodness. The mirror function on the tension board is so underrated. Yeah. Which is like, which baffles my mind. Like it is the first time I saw it. Um, it was funny. I, I got to climb on the board back when it was still, um, before it was a commercial, fully commercial board being produced got to go to tension headquarters and it was just a giant warehouse with a tiny tension board in the corner. Yeah. And Will was there and he was like, okay, he's like, download the app. Okay. You've got it open. Now we're just all going to climb together, but you're running the app because they wanted to see like how I interacted. And the first time I was like, Ooh, I pulled up a boulder and there's like two arrows pointing the opposite direction at the mm-hmm. very bottom in the center. I was mm-hmm. like, what does that button do? And I pressed it and it immediately mirrored the board and just like giggled. <laughs> I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I remember the first time I did that sitting in that same warehouse. Yeah. I was like, uh, I was like, y'all are just going to have to follow me here, but I'm going to do everything mirrored today. And they were like, that's how we do it. Like yeah. you warm up on a boulder one way, you do it the other way. Yeah. And, uh, it's kind of shocking too, because you'll find a lot of problems where it's like, oh, I just flash it this way, the other way. Uh, still a project in some cases yep. like and it's kind of nuts like but it's amazing so the mirrored repeats are you climb a boulder you aim to send it one way at least this is the way i tend to do it is like you spend you know x amount of time or goes trying to send it one way typically like three to five goes is a nice amount of time take a good rest and then you try and flash it the mirrored way yeah yeah, I like that. I like that a, a lot. Actually. Yeah, uh, absolutely love it. And it's just the mirror function in general. Like another thing I really love about it is that you can, if you're working on a move, I mirror it between every single go. So let's mm. say it's a really hard right shoulder move off of a small crimp. Okay, I give it a try. Normally I might have to rest 90 seconds, two minutes. I hit mirror. I'm like, okay, I can rest a minute. Like I can shave the time down. I can pull on because my left shoulder hasn't done anything for a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Try the move that way. And so you can kind of get the workout in faster. You're getting in on, on both sides uh, or you not even just faster. You just get more density. You can train both sides equally. Also, you can problem solve faster. Yeah. Like I can work out the beta. I can keep working out if I have eight different options. I only have to try four per side. So I'm going to have more energy to try and get this thing done. Yeah. One of the things I really like about the, you know, send a boulder on one side and then mirror it and try to flash it on that side Mm -hmm. is that you can really start to see gaps in how you process that information. Mm -hmm. Um, And a move might feel totally foreign going the opposite way. 
and you hadn't prepared for that. You know, you didn't understand that that was a, a missing component in your movement library or in the way that you perceive moves or whatever it is. And it can really highlight some interesting things. Um, the grasshopper board works in a similar way. It's also mirrored. Hmm. Um, one of the functions I really like using, it's got a route function um, that can um, sort of pace you throughout the route. And and then you can also mirror the route. Um, oh, that's nice. So I'll have um, Caitlin, one of my clients in Australia, I'll have her do the route one way and then you know, next session, work on the route the other way. Um, so oh, alternate nice. sessions working on different mirrored versions of the same route, mm-hmm. you know, or send it one way and then have a project one way and then let's see how fast we can send it the other way. Mm. Um, so you can work that, that same sort of mirrored repeat in some really interesting ways. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, one last thing on the mirror for people who use this function, create a folder of mirror projects. So when you, let's say you're just hustling. Ones you've done one way and not the other way. Yes. Yeah. So that you know which ones to come back to. Um, Just because, I mean, that's some low hanging fruit. Like clearly the board is telling you, you have a weakness. How amazing that you can just like isolate all of these. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go on like a two second side tangent, two minute. Um, I realized training on the tension board that, like it as it's still like has kind of changed my perception on what grades mean and that I started recognizing certain moves that when I get to them, I'll pull it up and I'll be like, Oh, I'm going to flash this with right shoulder dominant, but left shoulder, it's going to take me a couple goes. Mm-hmm. And I realized all of the boulders that I've done outside, like unusually fast where it's like, Oh, this was a hard grade. I mean, I either like flashed it or I did it much faster than any other grade regardless of whether or not, and it might be like, oh, then these are considered hard standards by people who climb outside. They're all that right shoulder dominant. Yeah. And literally every nemesis boulder I have are those left shoulder dominant moves. Mm. And suddenly like the day I realized that, and I mean, this is like two years ago and I'm still kind of reeling from it. Like I was like, oh, what if these aren't like nemesis or like weird styles? What if it's literally just, I need to even out the two sides. Yeah. 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 There's so much that goes into grades. And I, I do think these mirrored projects can really highlight that. When I built uh, my system wall in uh, the engine room in yeah. Cincinnati, it was kind of an early version of one of these mirrored system walls, um, essentially a mirrored spray wall. Mm-hmm. And I was training uh, for Transworld at the time, and I had set a simulator of the Transworld move, and my left hand was so much stronger than my right hand that going the opposite way of Transworld, I could warm up on the move. Oh, wow. And it took me almost a whole season to do the move on our wall with my right hand hmm. um, just because I was so much stronger on my left side. Interesting. Yeah, so had had Transworld gone the opposite direction, it might have been the same grade, but I might have done it way faster. Yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> I've never heard this story. Um, yeah, and well, there's, I mean, there's also research that shows that um, training your don, non-dominant side in skills, like, will have carry over to your dominant side. Yeah. Um, and 
So this is another way that you can use that. Like, I mean, that's a perfect example. That's the, like, I know the exact crux move you're talking about, mm-hmm. but you can get like double the practice in more or less and like double the wiring in your brain for a move by just practicing it both ways. Yeah. Totally. Like set the simulator on the mirror. Totally. Another way that I use the mirror function, um, specifically on the tension board, uh, it could absolutely be used on the grasshopper board. No reason not to, um, is when I have clients who have it, I have one client, Lucas, who has, um, he now has a campus board and a tension board, but uh, for a while he only had the, the tension board and Mm -hmm. another client, uh, Edward who has a tension board, but no room for a campus board. And I'll do campus drills, um, or any sort of explosive, um, sort of, uh, you know, potentiation sort of work, uh, on that mirrored board campusing. It's a little more specific to climbing as opposed to just flat rungs. Mm-hmm. You know, you're actually grabbing holds. You can do campusing on pinches. You can do it on edges. You can do it on the, the ball sloper pinches, all sorts of things. Um, and you're doing, you can do big wide moves. You can do cross campusing and you can repeat it on the opposite side as well. So you're, it's very similar to if I were going to build a campus board um, that's more specific to climbing than what we currently use, it would look a lot like the tension board, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll do a lot of um, compound training that looks like, you know, do some heavy hangs, rest for five or 10 minutes, and then you'll do these kind of snatch moves on the tension board where you go to your right side once, to your left side once, rest for several minutes, you know? Yeah. And you'll, you're starting with feet, you explode, you snatch a hold with no feet, you know, get your foot back on, drop off. It's really great for that, sort of a, an advanced, more specific campus board. Yeah. So, no, I like that. Um, so I'll say as far as drills, one other one that I really like, and this will bring up kilter cause we've kind of haven't mentioned them too much, but typically I'd say kilter and moon have a lot. Um, they both kind of stick with that style of like kind of jumping, being more dynamic, being explosive, um, feet cutting typically. And I'm a big fan of practicing rooting yep. on these and so the idea of rooting is just creating tension through your arms and your legs, really trying to get as much pull out of them as you can. Uh, cause really often what you'll end up seeing people do is they create a lot of power off of the holds they're on. And then they just kind of stop the second that their hand, their hand leaves that hold, <clears throat> you know, everything sort of goes a little bit relaxed and then they just try and latch, put everything into latching with their hand. That's grabbing the hold. Like they're not still pushing with their legs. They're not still pushing with their low arm. And you can often see this because they'll hit the hold and their body just rips away from the wall. Like even if their feet stay on, they might rock back a full, you know, four to six inches before coming back into the wall. Yeah. And that's super aggressive on your hands, elbows, shoulders. Also, it's like if they weren't big in cut holds, you weren't, you aren't going to be able to stick them like that. Right. So being able to practice hitting things in more control, not just like fading away from the wall real fast the second you hit a hold. I think on these boards that have slightly bigger holds where you're doing bigger moves, that's a really good practice. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, I had, 
I had something similar written down. Um, and I, I have several drills built for keep the feet on the boards in general. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think board climbers in general, not just the moon board. We've harped on the moon board, um, about the jumping a lot of times, but I think board climbers in general tend to learn that style really well. Um, yeah. so for all the boards, just really learning to keep your feet and hold that tension, um, through your entire, through all of your points of contact, you know, is super, super important to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I had variations written down here, but we've pretty much already covered that. I just thought of something that we haven't talked about yet. Rules, the board rules. Mm. So this is something that comes up all the time. There's this belief that on the moon board, like people will still say it. They're like, Oh, well you, you know, you're not allowed to heel hook. Right. You're not allowed to match. Right. That's, that's this weird holdover from old spray wall rules that make absolutely no sense at all to me. Yeah. Like it, so something, or they'll say, you know, you can't twist. I'll say this and I've said it before and I say it to people all the time when they ask me this in person, but you know, you look at the Brits who like kind of use this method they grew up climbing on technical limestone. Right. Like these guys knew how to twist. They knew how to heel hook. Yeah. Um, that was the, the style of climbing back then was super twisty. Yes. You know, um, you know there's a, there's a training video with Ned Feely, uh, the man behind Peacemakers, and it's him board climbing. And he's like, yeah, you know, you, like you shouldn't heel hook on a board. You shouldn't twist, things like that, because it makes it easier. And this is about training. And without question, my favorite thing about this video is it's going through, he's doing drills, you know, he talks about no heel hooks and he's like, okay. And you know, you get your power so you can go spend it outside, goes outside, shows him on a little V nine roof to a lip turn. He does like a jump move, the very first move. And then he inverts, throws a heel like three feet above his head, paddles the entire rest of the boulder off a heel hook. Right. Ned Feely is maybe one of the best climbers to use heel hooks in the entire world like he's flashed a v14 heel hook boulder he does not need to use heel hooks on a board right he's good like he spends a lot of time climbing outside heel hooks everything smashes it but for most of us the nod ned non ned feelies of the world use heel hooks yeah not all heel hooks are created equal just because you did one on a on a jug that was meant for heel hooking doesn't mean you can do it everywhere. Yeah. Like if you want like, yeah, just climb everything in all styles. Like I've seen so many people who will avoid climbing with twisting or who will avoid climbing with heels. And when the time comes, it's like, Oh, you never got your reps in. Yeah. Like, you know, you're really good at towing in and climbing square and that's cool. But suddenly like this heel hook, which shouldn't be challenging is completely bouting you. And so you're having to find these silly workarounds. Yeah. In our boulder builder course that I did with Zach Alexander, we talk a lot about the rules of spray walls and boards and you can set rules for yourself to increase or decrease the challenge, whatever you're looking for at that moment. But board wide rules 
really only apply if you want to play whatever specific game it is that's being played on that board. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if all you're looking to do is improve yourself as a climber, there aren't any rules. It, it just doesn't matter. And I pulled up the official moon board rules on moon's site. Not many. Rule number nine is matching and heel hooking is permitted. Hmm. Right there from the man himself. Boom. So no more of that shit. Yeah. Maybe we should have a drill of heel hooking only on the moon board. <laughs> I mean, I frankly, if you're, I, that's that's a great way to use spray walls and boards, or to use rules to change the parameters of how you're interacting with it. Um, if I want to get better at crimping, I have to crimp everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm I'm going to do it just to get better at it. If I want to learn how to heel hook or toe hook. Um, I will, I really like the challenge of setting boulders that force you to do these things, Yeah, but you don't have to do that. You can just set a rule. Oh, you can't heel hook that. You have to toe hook it. Mm-hmm. You know, that can be your rule for that boulder for yourself or for whoever you're setting for. It's a really great way, I think, to improve your abilities as a climber or to just throw all the general community worldwide rules out the window and just make your own parameters for yourself as needed. Totally. Yeah. Um, Ooh, one last thing on this, uh, speaking of Ned, so I read his book, Peacemakers and so there's the whole like no matching rules. And it's funny because this has long been like advice that people give and they're like, well, if you want to get more powerful, don't match because you'll have to pull through on moves matching's a skill and piano Absolutely is. piano matching really comes in handy and you know who's good at it people who piano match <laughs> like tiny little yeah. five foot tall people with raccoon paws they can just like houdini their hands yeah. over each other and suddenly they've swapped hands it's yeah. amazing um but in his book beast beast maker beast making which whichever one he was talking about uh he was like yeah you know set yourself some problems get some good ones on your own home board he's like and make sure to have a whole variety of moves but not piano except for piano matching that was like the one thing he was like don't set piano matching and i was like hold on that's like that is actually a useful skill but that just shows goes to show how much like don't matching has really like bled in yeah. and i get it it's not like the most fun move ever um but it's Man, it's really helpful. Like there, there are some boulders, some roots where matching is the crux. You know, why not get better at it on your wall? Yeah. Instead of going out to your project and falling five times and wasting your whole weekend trying to get better at matching. Yeah, and because falling on a match is not, it doesn't look cool. You, there's no upward motion. You're just like slapping one hand at the other and then you fall. Like, do that in private. Private. We don't want to. <laughs> don't like. You don't want to have to do that outside. And honestly, you know what? I've seen some setter, and I, I talk about this a little bit in our Boulder Builder course, but I've I've seen some setters talk about you should never match on a spray wall. Hmm. And I'm like, that's just lazy setting. Like, if you don't want me to match, don't allow me to match. Yeah. You know? I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get up this damn thing and, or to improve myself as a climber. And if, if no matching is a rule I need to set for that, great. You know, make, set that rule. Yeah. But if I want, if I want you to match on that, or if I think it's okay for you to match on that, or if matching is a, 
a tactic you never employ outside and you need to start recognizing when matching helps you in a move, then by all means, practice it on your board. Yeah. I mean, that's 100% me. Like I believed in the idea like, oh, I need to get more powerful. Don't match. I don't see matches. Like yeah. they're just, they pass right by me and it's awful. I mean, like I will fall on boulders all the time. Like it can be V6 and I will just fall and be like, this is the biggest pull through like God has ever created. And then someone else comes up and just like matches hands, puts their foot where my low hand just was. Yeah. Locks off the move is <laughs> talking to me while they're doing this. It's insulting. Uh, taunting just, you is what they're doing. Yeah. But I don't see it. Like, and that is, yeah, it like, it's very common to not see matches, but they're, that's a great skill. Like yeah. when you get outside, like, yeah, it's completion points at that point. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, we've sort of turned this into a rant on, you know, just rules in general, but do you, you have anything else specific to boards? Um, man, share with the community, share with your friends. Like if you've got friends all over the place, this is one of my favorite things. Like, uh, you know, I love getting to see what ravioli biceps is up to. Like I've got friends all over the country who climb on the moon board, climb on the tension board. Like we'll send videos of problems to each other. Like right. my buddy Eddie, who I'm staying with here in Vegas, like we like, we'll set boulders. We'll send them to each other. We'll like talk about our progress on our board problems. And it's awesome. Like yeah. that is such a cool, unique community aspect that you get to build in regardless of where you're at and how many people are around you like lean into that. Yeah. If that's, you know, I think it can be helpful for anyone you don't have to do it if it's not something you want, but I do think it can be really helpful. And I think it's one of the most powerful aspects of these boards is that ability for the community to, to share what they're doing with each other and to, you know, I can try your boulder, mm -hmm. you know, a across in a different country from you. So yeah, I think that's, that's a really fantastic use of boards. So, I mean, I think to wrap this up, Boards don't have to be drastically different in a, in a session than regular climbing. I mean, frankly, lots of gyms used to look like boards. That's, I know. that's yeah. what gyms used to be. Um, so it doesn't have to look drastically different, but it can. And I think you can utilize boards in a different way, and they can be really helpful for your climbing if you do. Yeah. Yeah, more than anything, just get creative. There are no rules. Like, you can turn that you can turn boards. I mean, you can turn any climbing, but boards, especially into whatever you need it to be. So yeah, like do whatever. Yep. Totally. And if you're looking for another way to engage with more community, we've got a community forum, um, that is up and running at community.powercompanyclimbing.com. We just wanted to take it off of Facebook to avoid that doom scroll that you end up in and it's been game changer for me um, i can go look at what the community's talking about and i'm back out of there i don't have to i don't end up caught in facebook land yeah um, and i've heard that from several people so check that out please you can find the links right there in your show notes um, also i mentioned our boulder builder course that's out there in the world as well there will be links in your show notes if you've got a spray wall or a board and you want to get better at you know, making it a more effective tool for you. Check it out. 
And uh, by the time you're hearing this, there's a new podcast out into the world that I created with our coach, Paul Corsaro, called Breaking Beta, The Science of Climbing. So that link will be right there as well. Please go check it out, follow it, uh, give us a review. And until then, you can find us at powercompanyclimbing.com. You can find us on the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the YouTubes, at Power Company Climbing. And you can probably share your moonboard videos on Twitter. I don't know. I don't know if Twitter has videos. Does that work that way? Oh, man. I would hope it does. It's 2021 or 22 by the time people are hearing this, for God's sake. So um, share your moonboard and your tension board and your kilter board and your grasshopper videos on the Twitter I'm not going to see them, not only because I've cleared my feed of most of that stuff, but also because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles.